Welcome to AACS Today, the official podcast of the American Association of Christian Schools. Thank you for joining us on this episode of AACS Today. It's the official podcast of the American Association of Christian Schools. I'm Matt Tiscus, Regional Director for the Mid-South Region of the AACS, joined by my co-host, Jameson Coppola, Government Relations Director based in Washington, D.C. Jameson, how are you today, sir? Doing good, Matt. Doing good. Good to be back with you on the podcast. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. You know, I've been thinking, Jameson, uh, we're here past Christmas, and we're thinking about Christmas decorations. Um, what What is it like in your household? Are the, are the Christmas decorations down by now? Are they still up? How does that work in the Coppola household? I don't know. People that know us, um, you know, know this about us, so I don't think I'm giving away any secrets, but, you know, Sometimes I have to fight, you know, like the day after Christmas to keep the decorations up for a bit. You know, I'm thinking about instituting like the 12 days of Christmas rule in our house so that we have, you know, Christmas, December 25th through January 5th, you know, and then decorations after that. How about you? You guys take your decorations down early? Do you leave them up? I know there's controversy about this. Yeah, there is. There can be. In my household, it's all really weather dependent, right? Like I don't want to be taking down Christmas lights when it's freezing cold outside. And here in Texas, uh, we have days where it'll be 70 degrees in early January. And then we'll have other days where it will be uh, much colder uh, at times. So I look at the weather. And so my wife kind of gives me the hint where she says, hey, I think it's time to take the Christmas decorations down, but usually so around, around April. So yeah, yeah around there. April. No, <laughs> they're already down at my house. Thank you very much. We've had some warm days now inside, you know, they stay up for a little bit, but I'll tell you here, we're recording this on whatever day it is. Our decorations are already down and um, we are moving in to, and looking forward to spring. And well, we are too. Let, let me confess my faults to you this year. First year, my daughter was off at college. Mm. So we waited till she got home to buy a Christmas tree, but it was really lousy weather that weekend. And we knew we were going to be gone for a week visiting family at Christmas. Yeah. We didn't have a Christmas tree this year, Matt. So decorations actually were really quite easy to take out. We just had to put away the creche, right? We did have a beautiful manger scene out to celebrate this season. And, uh, you know, baby Jesus was in the manger and that's good. And all of that. And that, and that just went down, I think, last week. So it's actually was, you know, relatively speaking, a long season of Christmas for us. Sands Christmas tree, though. No lights, no needles. Wow. No, none of that this year. I don't know how I feel about that. Me um, neither. Still yeah, I don't know how I feel, I feel. But thank you for confessing that. You know, Christmas cheer uh, not only has it left our homes, but it's also uh, left Congress, apparently. Oh, that's a good pivot. Yeah, because it's you know, true. I, I tried. I tried something. I tried something new today. You know, I'm thinking about no, specifically no, no Christmas cheer in Congress. Uh, no yeah. Christmas cheer. Yeah, the yes. holidays are definitely over. However, they will keep printing money and passing it out freely as long as you're on the government dole. But nonetheless, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The gift yeah. that keeps on giving. It does. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas is lining up for for uh, potential impeachment here. What's what's the latest on that? Yeah, well, that's one of the the top line stories. I thought you were going to go to like the gift that keeps on giving because the other fight that's going on is, you know, the spending bill. The the new speaker, Speaker Johnson, has agreed to a top line spending number with the uh, with the Democrats and the moderate Republicans in the Senate. 
which they have to have some agreement in order to pass anything. And uh, the conservatives are really upset. So who's the Grinch in that story? I want to know. <laughs> but as far as more Mayorkas goes, yeah, that's another, you know, not so cheerful story. The border is another huge issue being debated right now. Yeah, and we've got uh, we got a little bit of a Hunter Biden uh, story to talk about a little bit, uh, and then yeah. also looming out there. I mean, speaking of uh, you know possible impeachments, let's just throw in uh, a, a President Biden potential impeachment as well. Yeah. So lots of things. Okay, then you brought up the government funding. Let's start there. Speaker Johnson uh, has a little bit of conservative opposition uh, to what looks to be uh, a funding agreement with uh, the Democrats, at least a top line number, let's put it that way. Uh, what's happening? Yeah. What do we need to know? Yeah, so he's agreed to a top line number. I think it, um, you know, it, it does pull some money back. You know, the, the re Republicans that are being supportive of this negotiation of the compromises that were made are going to point to the fact that there will be historic, the, you, you'll probably hear something like this, historic cutting cutting in some areas cuts in some areas hmm. but the freedom caucus specifically who's now chaired by congressman bob good um you know said it's not sufficient it's not enough um we're still giving the democrats you know everything they want so far as spending goes and and there's a relatively slim majority in the house i think i think it's like is it like two votes right now am i right two, in that yeah two seats you know, there's all sorts of intrigue with that. I think California delayed the special election to uh, replace uh, Congress Congressman McCarthy. It's a very heavily Republican district. It's what is called a safe Republican district. But there's some intrigue there. I'm not exactly sure uh, what all the details are on that. But it has the effect of neutering uh, or, or diminishing Republican um, control in the House because – like you said, they only have a two-seat majority right now. So lots of retirements announced, lots of fights internally with the Republicans. Um, of course, you know my sympathies are with the Freedom Caucus and the conservatives because what are we like thirty-four trillion dollars in debt? And that that doesn't sound like anything. You know, thirty-four <laughs> trillion. What does that even mean? To break it down, it's somewhere around two hundred and twenty. I think the latest number I saw something like two hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars for every household. That's that's every household's share of the national debt right now. And so the question is, could you come up with if if the bill were due, <laughs> if we had to pay off our debt tomorrow for whatever reason, could you pay? Could you afford as your household two hundred twenty-four thousand mm. dollars? And what would that mean to the economy? You know. At some point, you you can't. Money has to be a representation of something real. You can't print money um, if it's not based on something more stable and absolute than the, just the promise to repay. You can't continue to borrow people's money and not pay them back uh, without a consequence. And so so that, that's the main argument for conservatives that we got to we have to make cuts. That we 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 can't continue to kick the can down the road. I've heard. Some in the Freedom Caucus say, uh, shut down the border or we're going to shut down the government. I don't know if you've heard that. Mm -hmm. uh, do, do you think that is posturing or do you think that's going to be the position that they're going to take on this uh, spending measure coming up for uh, a vote here soon? Yeah, I, my opinion is it's posturing, but they are they are saying it and they're saying it consistently and loudly. So 
you always have to calculate that it is more than posturing. Um, you know, we're in meetings uh, every week, multiple times a week with representatives from the different groups around Capitol Hill, different interests and uh, coalitions. And, you know, the Freedom Caucus is, is saying essentially two things. They're serious about cutting spending and they're serious about holding the speaker accountable. Uh, you mentioned the, you know, shutting down the government uh, for the border. Um, they're also saying that, you know, they, they're considering a motion to vacate again uh, against the speaker. So it, it is hard to know if that's just saber rattling because they're trying to pull uh, Speaker Johnson more to the right on solutions and on cutting spending or if they're uh, making serious threats. Uh, I think it was yesterday they held up some procedural votes on rules packages to uh, on unrelated issues, issues unrelated to funding the government, um, voting on, on spending bills. Um, they shut it down as a show of force to say they take us seriously. So hard to know. Uh, we'll have to kind of wait and see how it plays out. But from everything they're saying, the message is we're serious about this, serious enough to make a mess of things if we don't get what we want. Mm. Okay. Well, let's move now to a little bit of oversight. We'd already referenced uh, a couple of these things uh, earlier here in the podcast, but we're talking about Secretary Mayorkas and the border and a possible impeachment. Um, we have a defense secretary that has been uh, absent or AWOL for lack of a better term, and seemingly so without any notification to uh, those uh, in authority, which seems a little scary. Uh, we've got the Hunter Biden situation, Hunter showing up to a committee meeting, and then Biden impeachment. Where do you want to go? We got a lot here with oversight. Uh, where do you want to go first on that? Yeah, I, I don't know. Take your pick. Uh, you know, these are all you're talking about all ways that, again, conservatives are trying to exercise legislative oversight, right? The oversight of the body that is the representative of the people, because they feel like there is um, enough support in the United States, um, it, maybe at least in the Republican base, right? Because this is a Republican Congress, that these have to be some of the priorities. The, the kind of the story behind the story is, um, over the last, uh, oh, I don't know, probably two or three terms, there's been some developments within the Republican caucus that now have made some changes where um, conservatives are on committees, right? Uh, a lot of times, you know, the committee seats were limited to more establishment type candidates, mm -hmm. more well-established party, you know, Republican party members. And the way that Republicans selected people for seats sometimes made um, you know, they, they made the rules in such a way that conservatives had a hard time being on committees, but that's not true anymore. We have some rock solid conservatives on some of these committees, even leading some of these committees. And so in, in order to exercise oversight, uh, there's a lot of conversation about should the president be impeached? Right. Should uh, Mayorkas be impeached for the uh, the porous border for what's happening with Wait, these he visited the, number of immigrants. He visited the border here recently, finally, I think too. I heard just uh, within the last week or so of, of our recording this episode, which was, wow, okay, great. I'm, why is it taking you so long to come visit the border? Yeah, and probably only because Congress is, is, mm -hmm. is making serious attempts to get him to pay attention to this. 
Um, so it'll be interesting. Uh, uh, he, I think he said something at a hearing, I think it was last week, if I remember right, he, he kind of threw down the gauntlet in this back and forth in the committee. And he said, listen, you can impeach me, but you may not like, or you won't like who replaces me. Oh my. Um, and so it was, it was kind of dramatic. We've seen a lot of drama in, in meetings lately. Uh, Hunter Biden, you know, he's been subpoenaed to testify in a closed door hearing to uh, the committee and he refused. He said he wanted an open hearing in public. The committee said, no, that's not the way it works. You, you are invited um, according to our plan for how we're developing right. our case. And so he just showed up at the meeting. I think it was yesterday. Was this yesterday or the day before? Um, just showed up and there's a, a hot debate. <laughs> some words were said, you know, uh, some threats were made. Uh, he, he walked out, you know, um, so like a lot of drama in, in kind of some of these committee meetings and interesting politics. Like, you know, I think the consensus on that is, you know, he, he kind of feels like he's untouchable mm -hmm. and that's kind of my read. You know, he, he is, there's a strategy at play to try to make Republicans look bad for wanting to exercise oversight and accountability there's a message of, you know, you're going after Hunter Biden because you can't go after the president. Uh, there's no there, there. You hear that um, being said. But when Republicans try to find out if there's there, there, because there's certainly a smoke. So they're trying to find out if there's fire. Uh, there's a, a very sophisticated political and PR battle going on right now in all of this. Yeah, no doubt. And his feeling of untouchability, if you will. <laughs> It does uh, seem that way, right? It's, like it's probably founded, he's like flaunting or, yeah. or flouting both uh, the subpoena. Yeah, and and the cocaine that was found in the White House, uh, you know, recently. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say it was his necessarily, but <laughs> I was going to say, mean, do you have do you have breaking news, man? I mean, you know, I mean, just curious <laughs> how that it was his. It emboldened him, right? How that right, right. How yeah. how did it get there? I mean, was it his? Was it not? We don't know that, but I mean, we know he's had an issue. Uh, with substance abuse in the past, certainly wish them the oh, best. Are you talking about from that Russian disinformation yeah, on his computer? <laughs> yes, yes, so true, so true. Yeah, it, it does. I don't know. Those pictures all look authentic to me. I don't think AI has advanced far enough yeah. for for him oh. to be framed so thoroughly. Oh mercy. Okay. Well, we also have even brought up a Biden impeachment. That seems a little bit unlikely and a bit of a stretch yeah. here. As we yeah, it's an election into... year. Yeah, right. So. The, the the argument is, do you make things better or worse for the election if you right. even try to impeach him? And so the caucus, the Republican caucus, can't agree about whether or not that's a a, 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 a correct path forward. If you're a principled person, you want accountability just on of the basis of the principle of honesty and dignity of the office. But at this point right now, it would look like political payback. It would be, it would look like a maneuver that was purely political, yep. maybe some amount of vengeance getting back at the Democrats for what they had done to president Trump. And so, you know, as many members of Congress as there are, there's probably that many opinions about why it would be good or bad to approach an impeachment inquiry at this point. And with a two vote majority at this yes. point, uh, yeah, makes it be guaranteed, right? Yeah. Even all the Republicans would, would want to proceed with that. And certainly you can't be sure they'd all vote to convict depending on how, a tr uh, or a vote to impeach them, depending on how an inquiry went. 
an interesting time. As we said, the Christmas cheer may have departed from the Capitol. Um, maybe it was never there in the first place, even <laughs> yeah. though the Christmas tree was up at, at some point. Um, you know, speaking of the Grinch, though, let's also talk about some foreign affairs um, and some uh, desire for more aid uh, for places like Ukraine and Israel. Are we going to see additional aid packages packages for these places based on uh, what you're hearing? And and what else do we need to know as Congress has just gotten back into session here this uh, this new year? What do we need to know about what's happening in these two places? Yeah, well, the aid that we're talking about would be for um, Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. <clears throat> and it, it has been amazing. I think we mentioned this on our last podcast. It's been amazing how much the enthusiasm or the support or however you want to uh, characterize it for Ukraine has diminished, right? When the attack in Israel happened on October 7th, when Hamas you know, slaughtered innocent people that shifted the dynamic pretty um pretty dramatically about who should get money how much money where she would spend money and so i think that the border probably has been the thing that has been used as a negotiation piece between like if we're going to spend more money in these other areas around the world we have to fix our own border and uh, until there's a border deal i'm not sure that we'll see agreement on uh, funding for those other um, priorities. But there's still a, a determined group of people that are seeking funding. I think the last thing I heard was that in, in one of the, the top line agreement talks, there was talk about additional funding for the border, for Ukraine, but not for Israel in one of the uh, iterations of this. So I don't know that 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 remains to be seen kind of where that will fall out. But it certainly is not dominating conversations like it was six, eight months ago, six, eight months ago. That's almost all the spending conversation was centered around how much and when are we you know, what are we going to give Ukraine? Now it's it's not talked about much at all, but there's still a determined group of people that say it's going to be necessary. So I think border has to be solved first, domestic, you know, um, spending first, and then there'll be talks about Ukraine, Taiwan, and Israel. The last thing that we wanted to discuss now, are are you hearing talks of something related to a tax bill of some sort that could possibly be coming? Yeah, there's some talk. We, uh, we've heard now twice in the last week that there's negotiations on some sort of tax bill. It looks like it will, you know, the things that are, I think, be most of interest to our people are, it looks like it there will be an extension to the child tax credit. Uh, an enlargement of that program potentially. And uh, of course, our interest has been for since the Trump tax bill, the the um, the job creation uh, bill, I, I can't remember the tax and jobs bill, I think is what they called it. Um, since that passed, our interest has been restoring a a tax deduction for charitable giving. Um, the previous bill under the Trump administration made changes that um, that disadvantages charitable giving. And so we're trying to restore an above the line uh, credit or deduction for charitable giving so that um, it, it, that people taxpayers will have an incentive to instead of paying money in taxes to the government, they can give, a quantity of that money away to charitable causes and not have to pay taxes on it. 
So that's an important thing that that we want to develop should a tax agreement come out of this Congress. But let's be realistic here. I mean, is there anything that's going to get done with the divided, you know, House and Senate being divided? Um, are we going to really see anything get done most likely leading up to this election? Hard to know. It's an election year. <clears throat> and so what gets done usually has has some amount of connection to what congressmen and senators think will help advance their incumbency um, in the election. And so in my experience over the last several cycles is that <clears throat> it's a strange mix of what actually pops out of the legislative process mm. in an election year. Um, I think some of this will depend on where they land on spending because Speaker Johnson's got a couple of options. You know, we can kick the can a, a little bit down the road, March, April, people are talking about a, a short-term CR, March and April, give them time to negotiate on the individual appropriations bills or a full year CR. The conservatives are saying absolutely no to a full year CR. So we'll have to see how that works out. And I think that fight will probably determine um, what space is left for other fights in an election year. Well, it certainly is interesting discussion. And I think the, the point and the purpose of us getting together this podcast episode was really just to give uh, an update on some very current things that our listeners are seeing and hearing uh, from the news that they're gathering. And again, this is an effort to try to you know, maybe provide a little bit of behind the scenes uh, to provide a little more context and to keep them up to date uh, on the work uh, that we're doing because we're in the midst of uh, having meetings and being involved in helping helping shape and direct some of this discussion, correct? Yeah, yeah, we, we have an interesting vantage point. I've been thinking about that this week. Um, our work crosses across, cuts across so many different segments of public policy, coalition building, um, and you know, obviously um, education, because that's what we are as educators. But we get to see a broad range of how politics works, the personalities and the people in politics, how legislation is crafted and advanced. In all of that, we're always communicating a message uh, that we think is representative of our people, right? Um, protection of religious liberty, protection of academic freedom, um, family formation, and life. And uh, so we keep focused on those issues, but we have to also be aware of kind of the broader political context in which we're making those arguments and to uh, build coalitions with other people that are also fighting to advance uh, Christian, conservative, um, policy and legislation in the House. So uh, we thought it'd be helpful if we just shared a little bit about the state of play, what we're seeing. And uh, hopefully we'll, as we move along, we'll, we'll be able to give more of these updates and maybe even uh, give a unique perspective that's not being heard to our people and uh, help equip them for whatever level of advocacy and connection that they want uh, to have in the political process. For sure. And with that, uh, we will wind this episode down. So I uh, want to thank our listeners. want to encourage you uh, to subscribe to the podcast and uh, leave us a rating if you could. That is certainly helpful to us wherever you listen 
to the podcast. It might be on Spotify or in the, the podcast app on your iPhone, or perhaps you have some other application you use. Leave us a, a rating and a review there. That certainly uh, helps us get the word out to other Christian educators uh, about the good work that we're doing. So Jameson, why don't you bring us out for this episode and uh, to our listeners, we'll, we'll catch you soon. Very good. Um, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, our wrap up here and we've, I've had a full week this week, the week that we're recording this episode. And um, I've met a number of really um, great, interesting people. And uh, we've even um, had some fortuitous um, connections to people that we hope to have a, has guests on the podcast. So that's one of the things that we're looking ahead this year to doing is bringing in some of the people and personalities that uh, we interact with on the Hill and uh, having them come in and talk to our people about important pressing issues going on in our culture and society, not just politics, but some cultural issues as well. So we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to, we encourage you to, to subscribe to it, keep listening uh, as we grow and develop and try to shape out a helpful resource for our people, for the, the schools of the AACS. And with that, we will bid farewell for this episode to our listeners. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. And no matter where you're at in the world, stay warm because it's getting cold out there, folks.